Hallelujah. We thank God for the opportunity to meet today too. Um, yesterday we were talking about how that we should not love the world. Hallelujah. Um, please, if you have a problem with that, um, this is a good time to bring it up. Um, from what we discussed yesterday, maybe you feel that I was too drastic. Hallelujah. <laughs> I remember those days when we went to take position in campus, Gamsu, the, 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 the yoke of suffering. So they will take you through the yoke of suffering. Then they will take you through the yoke of poverty. Hallelujah. Powerful things. Oh, oh, it's not powerful. You see, there is a reason why when these things are mentioned, you feel uneasy. It is not because you know the will of God that God wants to. Uh, how can we be poor? No, it is because you love money. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's the reason. And that is what the Lord seeks to liberate us from. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's what the Lord seeks to liberate us from. The love that we have for the world, such that it even dictates our doctrine. You know that it dictates our doctrine. It dictates our doctrine. It, it dictates our interpretation of the scriptures. Because we love the world. Hallelujah. See, this is where everyone must be honest with themselves as to where their own hearts lie. If you do not love the world, you are fine. Because the aim is that we will not love the world. Hallelujah. So if you find that you don't love the world, then that's beautiful. Amen. But God wants us to come to the place where we do not love the world. Nor anything that is in the world. Hallelujah. Wow. Hey, what the Mercedes uh, is called? Do not love the world. It's Mercedes in the world. Wow. Wow. So, so it means when we see a Mercedes passing, we should hate it. Hallelujah. Like we see, hey, we, I hate this Mercedes passing. Because they say we should not love the world. In, in relation to spirituality, yes. In relation to spirituality, yes. In other words, you should, whatever you love, you are willing to sacrifice every other thing for it. Hallelujah. Did you understand that? If your heart is set after a Mercedes, then you will sacrifice every other thing is beneath this high aim you have set for yourself. Every other thing is beneath it. Including your spirituality. Including your walk with God. So you will sell your birthright for bees. Bees. Hallelujah. You will sell your birthright for bees. And that transaction, we do it day in, day out. 
Hallelujah. And because we are familiar with church, we believe that because we are in church, we don't love the world. But this season is to help us appreciate our strong affection for the world and see how we can separate ourselves from the world. So, so where will we live then? We will live in the world. Hallelujah. You must be in this world, but you must not be of this world. Amen. You'll be in this world. You will live in this world. Oh, so I shouldn't own anything. You will own things, but you will own things in moderation. Hallelujah. Do you know what the meaning of moderation? Moderation is not something small. Moderation means that something is regulating that your step. Hallelujah. That's moderation. So something is moderating it. Something is regulating it. So in moderation means that you are going to own something to the extent that your spiritual pursuit allows you to. Hallelujah. It means then that you do not love that thing, but you love your spirituality. You love your work with God. You love God and his kingdom. Hallelujah. You love God and his kingdom. And that is why you are willing not to allow anything in the world to dictate your work. People have made marriage dictate their spirituality. They felt that they needed to marry. As though it is marriage, is, it is through marriage that we enter the kingdom. Well, you don't understand. You are of age, but you want to throw your life away with marriage. That's your decision. You want to, you have um, sat down and you have considered and you feel like you want to self-destruct now. This is a good time to self-destruct. So you say, hey, ah, I'm of age. I don't have anyone. So this one that has come, even though he's not correct, even though she's not correct, I'm going to take him or her like that because I must marry. It is not by marriage that we enter the kingdom. Hallelujah. You know what? When Bible said that, be not slothful, but followers after those who through patience inherit the kingdom. Do you know patience? Patience is not that we are sitting there with you. Patience is, is long-suffering. Actually, that's the, that's the meaning, long-suffering. In other words, you stick to the principles of the kingdom no matter the consequence that you suffer, no matter what you lose, no matter what you need to give up in order to stick to the principles of the kingdom, in order to stick to spirituality, no matter what you give up, you are still going to stick to it. So those who through patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. Is are you here? Yeah. As I come, Jesus said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? What will you damn your soul in order to obtain in this life? Hallelujah. And it is because many things are normal and we move without any, um, how do you call it? any strange things happening, 
we do not realize the day in, day out damnation of our own souls. When I say soul, I mean the man within. Damnation of our own souls because of the choices we make as a result of our love for this world. Some of us have non-negotiable. I've dealt with many people. You say, this is the way of God. Say, no, this is what I want and it is non-negotiable. Hallelujah. Non-negotiables. Things that even if God came and stood before you and said that, hey, Madame, stop this. Say, no, this is non-negotiable. I'm going to stick to this no matter what. Hallelujah. Yeah. And these non-negotiables are what we are talking about. What you prefer to the detriment of your soul. What you prefer to the detriment of your spirituality. Love not the world. You see, if you cannot take this statement as it is, there is a problem. That is why I keep repeating it. If you cannot take this, love not the world, nor anything that is in the world. If you cannot accept this statement as it is, there is a problem. It means you love the world. That's the problem. It means you love the world. If you want to negotiate to reword and to add more things to this statement, because you are uncomfortable with what it seems to suggest, then it means you love the world. It means you love the world. And you love the things that are in it. You prefer the world, you prefer your life in the world to your life in the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, the thing is that it is okay that we start from preferring our lives in the world. Because that is what we know. We are born natural. So that is what we know. But it is not okay to not transition from preferring the life in the flesh to preferring the life in the spirit. It is not okay. We must come to the place where we prefer the life in the spirit and we will do whatever it takes to sustain that life and ascend in that life. We will do whatever it takes. And in our minds, nothing can separate us. From this work, nothing. That is, you see, it's, it's a mental posture. It's a mental posture. It's, it's a position of heart. It's a position you have taken that anything can fall, but not your work with God, not your spirituality. Anything can fall. Anything can be given up because your heart is not after any of them. Hallelujah. Please are you here. It should be your mental position. Normally, because we don't have these positions in our minds, we easily get confused. So you talk to people and you see that, oh, I'm confused. I don't know which, which one to choose. Let me give you an example. I was having a meeting with our international people. I'm sure he's listening. I'm using the example to help all of us. And then one of them asks, it's about a job. Two options. One had to do with a job that he would readily get, but the pay is small. You see, the pay is small. So it's more like once he's done with his work, his coursework, he'll be able to get that job, but the pay is small. 
And then the other one is what he could stretch himself to get, but he may not get. And it will put him in a state of um, um, uncertainty. Hallelujah. It will put him in that state. But should he get it, he will be paid better than this one. Because this one, the pay is not good at all. So the question is, what should he do? Hallelujah. Should I go for it? Because this one is an easy step. Should I go for the one that, when, when I've, as soon as I'll get it? Or in case, now these people that will pay me small, that I'll most likely get, in case they offer me the job, what should I do? Should I reject it in hope of the one that I have not yet gotten and it, it, it may prove difficult to get and it will put me in that state of uncertainty? Should I forego the easy one but with less pay and to go for um, the one that um, is not assured but would pay more? So that was the question. And this was my answer, that he should find some principles and stick to it. Hallelujah. Yeah, so that's the answer. You think, you, you think that you must come to these places in your life. And it is because you are unruled by spiritual principles. You have let yourself go. That's why this is a problem. That is why. That's why you see, maybe you say, oh, what, what should we do? Should we choose this one? Should we choose it? And I'm saying that find some principles and stick to it. Find some spiritual principles and stick to it. What are your spiritual principles? What is your life about? Because then it becomes, it's always about the spiritual principles and not the material happenings around you. So you may choose based on your spiritual principles to let go of the first one and to go for the second one and you may not get the second one and you will still be fine because the principles stood. That, that's the point that I'm making. The principles stood and you have become something greater within even though on the outside you have not gotten the second option. You stood out for that one. But because you used a higher principle to regulate your life, you are better off. Hallelujah. Or based on principle, you will choose the first one and eventually you will get the second one and it will be like, hey, then I would have been able to get the second one. But you will be better off because you have operated by spiritual principles. But without principles, if our aim is to survive, if that is, and many, for many of us, that's our position in life, we are trying to survive. So if you are in survival mode, if your aim is to survive, then you'll be caught up in these situations of having difficulty in making decisions. If you are in survival mode, Survival mode means that you are dealing based on the animalistic instinct, the basic instinct, the base instinct, your feelings. Your protection, your survival, those things. Then you'll be caught up in something like this. Because in this case, the only way you can make a good decision with still your survival mode in mind is if you know the future. 
and you won't know the future. That's why you get up and go and search for a prophet. And he will make merchandise of you. Yeah. Well, that, that's the only, the only way you can make a good decision is if you know the future. But you don't know the future. And you will not. You see, so God, show me what will happen. Your heart is in the wrong place. God will never open your eyes. Let me not put it, let me put it right. This heart that you have is not the heart that allows you to have an open eye. So your eyes are shut. No matter how you cry to God, I should open your eyes. Hallelujah. Minfaway and I said, Minfaway. Adua. Ene ya. Minfaway. Find some principles and stick to it. It is because you are you are being ruled by carnality. That is why you are caught up in such a thing. If you are operating by principles, what are the principles that must be found in the woman for, for, for her to be a good wife according to the Lord's prescription? That's what you go for. What are the principles of work? When a man is working, what should be his motivation? What is the principle of good? The good that must be brought forth. In which location will I be able to bring forth the, the greater good? What are the different kinds of goods that can be brought forth? In, in this place, I can only bring forth good that is of the lowest kind, which is the job itself and the material things we produce. But in this other place, there seems to be opportunity to fulfill a higher purpose. Find some principle. It is not always about surviving and how much you be paid. Hallelujah. It's principle. And when the see, principles, principles, like, like the song writer said, say, ancient words will guide us home. Principles, the spiritual principles, doctrine, the word of God, they guide you home. Just like the, the home is not of this world. But if you are worried about making it here, then you'll be worried as to whether the, the godly principles will guide you home here. And that is why you question the godly principles. But the aim of the godly principles is to guide you into the city of the living God. Your real home. Hallelujah. It means then that no matter what goes on in this life, if you follow the principles of the word of God, if you follow the principles of doctrine, as the Lord teaches you, you arrive home. In this life, you may not find a cozy place to call home. You may not find, you may not gain like others, but you will arrive in the home that matters the most. But you see, we don't like that home. We want to eventually be there, but we don't really like it like that. Hallelujah. Like, like, who doesn't want to go to heaven? If you ask such a question, say, oh, everybody, no. Because where we really are going and where our heart is set, that is where also our treasure is. So if our treasure is in this world, if our treasure is in this world, if our heart is after this world, then this world is our home. 
And our heart is not after God. These are here. Our heart is not after God. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. This is Paul speaking. It says that, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Hallelujah. Wow. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. So it means that to him, the world is crucified. The world is dead. And to the world, he also is dead. What concord has Christ with Belia? Hallelujah. The, the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The world is not that which my affection is set on. Hallelujah. Beloved, this is spirituality. This is spirituality. And if we can't accept this, the world will destroy us. It means we cannot even handle the things that are in the world lawfully. We cannot handle the things that are in the world lawfully in their right order, in their right perspective. Everything is in its order. Hallelujah. Everything is in its order. On top of everything is man's work with God. Man's spirituality. Man's ascension to God. On top of everything. All other things must be seen in the light of man's ascension to God. Hallelujah. All other things. That is how you put things in perspective. That is how you treat the things that are of this world. In the light of your ascension to God. In the light of your spirituality. When I say ascension, I mean you being raised from the earthly pool, from the flesh into the spirit. In the light of your ascension unto God. Everything must be viewed from that perspective. The relationship you have, you cannot think that your glory as a person comes from material things. You may meet people that will glorify you because of something material, but it is called vain glory. Hallelujah. It is called vain glory, a glory that is empty. It is not glory. It looks like it is glory, but it is not. You may find people that will hail you because of what is material. But really, there is no glory in what is material. You may find carnal people who, who because they treasure the world, will encourage you on the path of worldly pursuit to the detriment of spiritual pursuit. 
and find reasons. Find reasons, arguments to support the step that you are taking. And I tell you, you determine the wisdom in any reasoning not based on what is being said alone, but by what it leads you to become. What it leads you to become. As you have immersed yourself in developing your career, in developing your career, are you not realizing that your spiritual pursuit has taken a backstage? It, ha it has gone to sit behind. As you have immersed yourself in these things, are you not seeing that? Am I the one to tell you? Are you not seeing that you, you, you wake up with the drive to become something in this world and with no drive to become something in the world after? You are driven to become something in this world. But the drive to become something in the world after is almost non-existent. It almost, almost dies. Then you come to church and something is done and then some small fire comes and then you go back and you are driven more to become something in this life. Meanwhile, our transition from here is, to, is into eternity. And what we will become after this place is what we must spend our time here. That's what this place is for. This place is not for career development. Hallelujah. It's not what, where is that going to? Where this place is to develop yourself for the life that is after. This place is to prepare yourself. Even the thing that you call career is supposed to help in your preparation. So even in your involvement in what is called career, you must be looking for the spiritual life. It is always the kingdom. Where will you take all of this to? You know what, 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 what the Bible says? It is evident that we came into this world with nothing. Have you seen that scripture before? And we shall live here with nothing. It is not something that we don't know. We know we came with nothing. Anybody that has left this world ahead of us, and we are all eventually going to leave, huh? we are going to live with nothing. Hallelujah. We are going to live with nothing. Professors will be sitting by the wayside in the, in the world of spirits. In tattered clothing, unsure, lost, behaving as little children, people with credentials in this life that were easily hailed will be the mad men of the life after. And those that must be avoided, the lepers, and people with strange diseases that are contagious, said that a man must be protected from them by the, by, by the angels of heaven. Men of dignity in this life will have no dignity except they obtain spiritual dignity in the life that they lived here. Rich riches in this world does not translate into riches in the afterlife. You must not be rich here. 
you must be rich towards God. And to the extent that your richness towards God allows you, you must be rich here. That is how we choose the wealth that is in this life. The, the wealth we choose here is to the extent that our spiritual pursuit allows us. If you go with the sole aim of becoming rich, do you know where you will end up? Do you know where you will end up? Do you know where you will arrive? Oh, so that we will sponsor the gospel. You, you are lying. If you understood the value of the gospel, you will not sell your soul to get money to sponsor the gospel. Because you believe that men must be transformed, but you don't believe in your own transformation. So that you sell your soul to get resources to sponsor the gospel. For what purpose? You have no value for the gospel. That's why you sell your soul. That is why you, you, you sell your birthright. That is why you give up spiritual pursuit so that you can be available for worldly pursuits. You have no interest in the kingdom. If you had interest in the kingdom, you'd be interested in your own work in the kingdom. If you treasure the kingdom, you'd be interested in your own work in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Yeah. May the Lord help us. Dignitaries in this life. Have you been to a place that, like, like those of you who change schools when you're young, you were the champion in your one school. Oh, you were the champion there. Hallelujah. Then you moved and then you entered another school. And then you realized that, no, here you are nothing. You, there is no glory here. Where you're coming from, you were the one that everybody followed. Because we know Bibi. Hallelujah. But as you have entered this new school, Charlie, there are wilder people here. So that the glory that you were coming with, no, it could not transcend the threshold, you could not pass through the, into the school with that your glory. That is how pursuit in this life is as compared to pursuit in spiritual things. Hallelujah. Please are you here? Love not the world. nor anything that is in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's not complicated. It's not. And like I said to you yesterday, if you, you love the world, then the devils have your number. And they will call you when the time is due. May the Lord help us. Love not the world. This world is not to pursue the world. It's, it's not for pursuing the world. You see, you just need to, you just need to 
move forward a bit. Eh? In your thinking, project forward a bit and you will see the vanity of a lot of the things that we glory in. You see, say, Nkosi You see, say, Nkosi You see, say, Nkosi Now, you see, what you would destroy your soul to obtain, you cannot add to your person. You can't. You cannot transcend this realm with whatever you killed yourself to pursue in this world. The only thing you live here with is what you have become as a person. Not the things that are in this world. The Bible says they pass away. The glory passes away. Hallelujah. Jesus said that he that heareth these words of mine and doeth them. I shall liken him unto the man that built his house upon the rock. The rains came and the flood beat against the house and the house withstood. He that heareth these words of mine and does not do them shall be likened unto the man that built his house upon the sand. The same things came to it. And the Bible said, great was the fall thereof. We are here to build our house. Hallelujah. We are here to build our spiritual houses. Galatians 5.24 And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. Amen. They that are Christ. This is how men become Christ. They crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts. They crucify these. Not that we live in there and we still pursue the Lord. That's what many people think Christianity is about. Just come and pursue the Lord without turning your back on the world. Pursue the Lord. So we hand you a Bible and we say, look into the Bible and we ask you, what do you see? And what you will see is a means by which you may pursue the world because you were not taught to leave the world behind. You were given a Bible, but you have not left the world behind and the person's vision is determined by where his affections lie. The affection serve as the compass. So you look into the scriptures. Ye know the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. That even though he was rich, yet he became poor, that ye through his poverty 
might be made what? Rich. So it means that Jesus came to die that you may be rich. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there rich written there? Yes. Is there poverty there? Yes. Is there some kind of exchange going on? Yes. But I ask you, what was the nature of Jesus' riches? So God came to walk the earth, and the understanding is that before he came to walk the earth, he is rich. He is in a certain state of wealth. And he gave up that wealth and became poor, that you also through his poverty might be made what? Rich. Wow. What was this? What, let's explain how God was rich. He owned the Mercedes Benz. He had built how many houses? Ten houses. Like, like God was Oliver Kahn, the ship dealer. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you think about it. What, what? God, yes, he was rich. What is that riches? But you see, when you are not taught to let go of the world, when you read something like this, your heart is already searching, searching for a means by which you may be let loose legally, eh? let loose to go after the things of the world to satisfy your carnal desires. You may be looking for that. Then you look into the scriptures and you see this one. And those of you that somebody showed you the scripture, when they showed you, you did not take time to think because it supported what your heart wanted. So, and, and those things that we like, it's like a gossip about, a, a bad gossip, a negative thing about someone you hate. You, you will not fact check. It agrees with your hatred for the person already. So once you are told, you pick it up and you begin to run. We like wealth. We like money. We like the things that are in this world. We want to go after it. And because of that, we will not fact check. We will not analyze to see what the scriptures are saying. Once it is explained to us, once somebody says that this means that no Christian is supposed to be poor. All of us must be rich. You see, it is as though if you are not rich, so if you are not poor, then you will be rich. Hallelujah. I will understand why God does not want people to be poor. Hallelujah. But there is a long distance between poverty and wealth. Hallelujah. You could also be okay. You know what okay is. Like you are okay. You are fine. You are comfortable in life. You are okay. Hallelujah. Some of us, our dream is 40 cars parked in our driveway. Every morning, they reverse it out just to warm up the engine and then bring it back. That is blessing. <laughs> Hallelujah. What do you think? So there's, there's, I mean, is there something wrong with being rich? Of course not. But my point is, why can't you see that there are many places in between poverty and wealth that are not necessarily bad? And the wealth that you think you want to create without selling your soul do you know how many generations it will take to create that wealth? 
selling your soul home in your lifetime, probably before you are 50. Is there? 45. Wow. But not selling your soul, it's, it's, it's not that simple. Hallelujah. So maybe you, where you are coming from, I, I've told you this before, where you are coming from, maybe it's your grandchildren that will enter the wealth. And it is not because their heart was set after the wealth. It's something that has been building and coming. Hallelujah. Yeah, so they'll enter it on your children. By the time you are dying of, your children have some trust fund that they begin with. I mean, Donald Trump said he didn't receive much from his father. He received only $1 million. <laughs> A small loan. Was it $1 million or... $1 million. Then, wow. So, I mean, if you get $1 million, then you must, you are starting off as a millionaire. Or you chop $1 from it and you, you drop. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I mean, you just move on from there. There must be growth. We, we, we learn this, isn't it? So, if you obtain $1 million, the simple principle of growth is that you, by the time you are finishing, the money should be more. And you don't need to sell your soul for that. Hallelujah. You don't need to sell your soul for that. Some of us, I, we learned it during the um, special program on the oppression. That some of us, our problem is that we have seen poverty too much. Hallelujah. We have seen poverty too much. Those days, I remember when we were young, my mother will come and then maybe she'll give us cook or she'll give us chocolate or something. Like those things. So when they give me mine, I'll just eat it. And then my other sister, her own, she'll just put it in the fridge. Hey! So the next day, I want us to eat her own. So that I'll get some to I'll get some to Some of us, we are like that. We have become so poor. Uh, we have suffered poverty to the point that when we get, um, um, I had a friend when I was on campus. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like an interesting thing. And, and I understood it. Understood it. And that is, it's, it's a strange place that not having money can put you to. It's not where you should be, but it's a strange place that not having money can put you to. Into. So we are in the same room we chop everybody's food some. You understand? So when my, I get my money, I do steal. And then, or we visit the sisters. We come with steel in plastic. This, when I finished, I had different plastic bowls that <laughs> I didn't know where they came from. So we come and put it in the fridge. I know how we do it. We cook the rice. When the rice is Almost we put the stew on top of it. Or you dish the rice, you dish the stew and put the rice on top of it. Then you move on. So it and he was partaking in our hallelujah. So one day he got some money and he was able to do his stew. Amen. Then he said, This stew that he has done is for only him and when his beloved comes to visit. Hallelujah. And, and you see, it's not 
the problem is not that he didn't give up. I was comfortable. But when he said that, I went to the market street and bought things and came to also do my steel and put my put in there. <laughs> so the problem was not that, hey, there was no money for uh, steel and then he says he won't give me. The problem was that you that have benefited from this welfare system should actually love to make sure that this system is maintained. Hallelujah. But the problem is that not having money can put you in a situation where when you get something little, you protect it with your life. And you, you will lose integrity. You will lose things. And you may not even see that you are losing it. Hallelujah. You will lose many things just so that the money will not finish. Because money has not been on you before and it was a terrible experience. You are traumatized. So you are trying to avoid that situation again. I'm trying to avoid that situation again. So I honestly was fine. And I didn't beg God because even then I understood what, what the problem was. The problem was this thing that I've explained to you. I understood it. So he and his beloved ate the stew and the stew got finished. And you know what happened? We returned to the welfare system. Nobody has anybody any question. One day I traveled and came back and said, hey, Charlie, as you went today, I've suffered. Because there was another brother in the room. I think he was not happy with some things. So I said, this guy, when he cooks his rice, he cooks it. You see that kind of rice that is under the rice cooker. So, is that? <laughs> is that pancake rice? <laughs> so, when he takes it, everything finished. So, I was out, went to Accra to do multi-story construction. So, when we came back, like some four or five days, said, Charlie. So, when the guy cooks the food, you know, he takes it and then eats it and walks out. Like, he goes... Hallelujah. Yeah, so some of us, that's our problem. And it does not mean that what you're doing is right. It means that the devils have got you. They've got you now. You think that because you didn't have money from the beginning, you are not ruled by money. Actually, it's the opposite. Those that are born into riches are not ruled by money. It's now, it is easier for them not to be ruled by money. Those that are born into poverty are easily ruled by money. That's like how rich people, they, don't, they, they, they are just looking, they are doing things. Rich man's son will travel to Africa into some remote area. Uh, to, he's a doctor. He said he will practice in some village in Somalia. So he comes there to come and practice because he has seen that he had a coin. Yeah, like, because what if, let, let me tell you, if you didn't have, if you didn't need money, what will you do? Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> uh, Netflix. Uh, Korea, whatever. If you didn't, like, you didn't need money, what will you do? Well, what useful thing will you do? 
and those of you who back, back in Shinolara. I'm talking what useful thing will you do if, if you did not need money? Hallelujah. And you know, there's a satisfaction that comes out of living your life that way. And those who have been born into poverty or have suffered poverty one time in their life do, do not know the satisfaction. They believe that their satisfaction will come when there is no possibility ever of they becoming poor again. You will get there and you see that. Hmm. You see how when we're coming, long traffic, long traffic. So at one point, I decided to branch and go and beat the traffic. Those of you who drive. So I buy and we went, 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 went. Then I realized that it was a wrong move. But we had come too far. Gee, some of you, that's what you would travel very far in order to touch wealth. When you you travel far and you, you realize that you have wasted your time. But the time lasts, sir. Yeah, the time is finished. The time is finished. You're about to die. So you stay in the traffic like that. <laughs> you stay in it like that. So by the time you realize, that, ah, I have the money. I have everything. It's like a child. Buy me this toy. Buy me this toy. When the child gets a toy, kuta 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 kuta. Not that to baby. Or she never saw any baby. Then we bought many things. One day I just settled in my mind that it is not the thing, but the gesture and the you are just trying to make the child happy. Because if it's the thing, your heart will break. Because some things that you go through hell to acquire. Then, oh, hallelujah. Please are here. So there is nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Amen. Now, having understood that we do not have to love the world, I want to specifically speak to us about developing a career in God, which is more important than any career that you can develop in this life. And you must love this career more than anything. Hallelujah. Is that, is that an important thing? Yeah. Developing a career in God. Developing a career in God. Developing a career in God. And why that is more important than any other career. First of all, you know that your a career in God is eternal. Hallelujah. To find uses to perform in God is eternal. I'm not talking about being in the ocean, the ocean or being with media. No. That will end here. Or playing the keyboard. Or what? Any other thing that you may be being in the choir. That will end here. That's what I'm talking about. There is a career 
in God that we must develop. Hallelujah. And in order to understand the career that we must develop, we must understand the various levels of usefulness that God has made available to us. Everything that God created serves a purpose. Hallelujah. And when it comes to the purposes that the created things serve, there are greater purposes and there are lesser purposes. Hallelujah. The lesser purposes are the natural purposes. And the greater purposes are the spiritual purposes. Hallelujah. So there are purposes that are natural. For instance, the orange tree is God's creation. It provides oranges so that we eat. Please understand that. But in the grand scheme of things, that is not anything. Even though it is something because by eating the orange, we are fine, we get vitamins, and it's cool. But if you look at what it eventually does, it fuels the body which we will leave behind. Please are you here? And in that respect, then even though it is useful, it cannot be compared to a usefulness that satisfies the soul. Hallelujah. So the, the, the spiritual uses are superior because they transcend this earthly realm. And also because they, they deal specifically with what God is interested in. Everything that God has made is because he's interested in one thing, and that is the soul of man. Everything. Everything that God has made is because he's interested in the souls of men. The things that are material in this life, they serve as a support system so that God can go after the main target, which is the souls of men. So these things that are supposed to be support systems must not be made into the primary things. They must not be made into the primary things. Hallelujah. They must not be made into the primary things. The primary thing should be what God genuinely is after. And what God is after is the souls of men. The transformation of the hearts of men. That is God's eternal work. That is all that God is trying to do. Hallelujah. And this is God's career. This is God's company. God has a company. Hallelujah. He has a company. And in that company, they specialize in the transformation of the souls of men, in the preparation of the souls of men, in the enriching of the souls of men, in, in making the souls of men available for the habitation of God. God's company specializes in that thing. And all of God's children are supposed to be working in this company. Hallelujah. Please, are you here? All of God's children. All of God's children. In scripture, there's, there's an expression that says the sons of God. Now, this sons of God, like, like, like um, the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. You see, now this sons of God is not um, just those that God has given birth to. That is technos, offspring. But this sons of God is huge, okay? And that, 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 that has to do not with, that, that does not place emphasis on being an offspring, even though in order to be a huge, you must be a technon, 
But the emphasis here is placed on how God is manifestly declared in you. In other words, those that have enlisted in God's work and are performing God's work. Hallelujah. So those that are doing God's work, those that are functioning and producing the uses that God is after, they are the sons of God. That's what the Bible said, as many as are led by the Spirit. But the Spirit is performing the divine work. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. These sons of God are those that are working in God's company. And every man that comes to God, the aim of God is that through the man's transformation, he might come into this company where he begins to look to the transformation of the souls of other men. Hallelujah. Now, this career is a career for everyone. It's not a career for some people. It's a career for everyone, and it supersedes every career. Some of you, you, have, you are pursuing what? Some of you are doing law things. Some of you are teaching. Some of you are lecturers. Some of you are what? Entrepreneurs. Uh, what? Your career at its best, listen, your career at its best uh, will make somebody okay in the flesh. Your career at its best, being a lecturer will not save the souls of men. Hallelujah. You see, that is why we must learn to place in the right place some of these things. And that's why I started from where I started from yesterday. There are things that are more important than other things. Amen. What you are pursuing in this world is not as important as the pursuit of God. What God is pursuing, what you are pursuing is not as important as what God is pursuing. Hallelujah. You trying to be a what? As something. I mean, at best, what, what will anything exclusive do to the souls of men? Except that, except that they are happy with their wedding. Say, wow, the place was looking nice. Say, before and after. Look, look, how can this be your only life and you are sitting there happy? It is because you are vain. Let me show you somebody. Are you in church? Let's pause here. I, I, it's inside my head that I should talk to you about this person. So let's, let, we're, we're on anything exclusive. Yeah. So, you see, I sit down and think, say, where are the coin? Before you commit all your life into it. Not that don't commit anything. I said, don't commit all your life. Your primary strength, don't commit it there. Because you're the coin. You're a bear thing. Or you don't understand. Like, eventually, what will it do? Like, like, uh, bona fide. But splendid. Bona fide. I came with the name, I came up with the name bona fide. See, the best version of you. Wow. Bona fide. But who we are. You have not you have not even traveled um, a centimeter towards the soul of the man. 
All the troubles are in the world. Oh, you don't understand the message. You kill yourself. Boom, 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 boom. Running around in the world. Eventually, it is the body. Which a body, like, you suffer. You sustain this body and finally, the, person, the body dies. And this is your work. Let's say you have been the person's nurse or doctor for the past 14 years. So you have worked hard to sustain this body. Hallelujah. Wow. And then finally, this is the end of your work. We are burying it. You understand? So if in all of this, the soul of the man was not your concern, don't you see that you have missed something? Craftivity. You let's read this. This thing that the Lord is reminding me, reminding me of. Let me show you. I don't know if it will mean something to you. Hallelujah. Or oh, I should wait. Okay. Let me show you. Okay. So now. Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. Please, are you seeing that? Oh, I'm, I'm making you feel like, ah, into Ababwana, Ebanembo. Me point it there, Bobla. That's my point. Until you wake up, you wake up that the most important thing is the soul of a man. And the table, uh, the cake top, or the cake, or logarithms, <laughs> or whatever, uh, Hindus. Eh? Till you wake up and see that. None of these will, will send you a centimeter to the soul of the man. So you wake up and see this. You run around and when you finish, you want to take stock of your life. And you know you, know, you won't find anything. You won't find anything. You won't find anything. You won't find anything. You understand that? You see, if you don't put what you are doing in its proper place, you'll be deceived. But what you are doing is really not anything. It's not anything. I said, look, I have, me, I have dogs that I breed. I'm constantly looking at these dogs and wondering what the point is. You understand that? So imagine these dogs eh, are controlling my life. Huh? Imagine these dogs are controlling my life. Just last week, I was, I was, my, one of my dogs was going to give birth, was going to be by CS. And I nearly sent the dog on Saturday to do the CS. Hallelujah. Yeah. I nearly sent the dog on Saturday. Why? Because Sunday, Beto, CS, I was looking for a sign. If that sign shows up on Sunday morning, we come to church. You understand? So maybe we throw the dog to some vet and move on. Do you get it? So, do you get it? Because eventually, oh yeah, it's a dog. It's not. It's not the soul. It's not a man. It's not a man that transcends this life. And when men own the dog, what will he do? They will just be happy in this world, and they may die and go to hell. They will just be happy, be even impressed with themselves that they can own such beautiful dogs. Oh, you don't understand the message. What is it? Hey, hey, Samina. 
No, no, you have to, you have to think clearly. <laughs> you see, maybe the words I'm using, I'm trying to let you say what you do is not anything that you think is something that you are killing yourself for. Please, when I say killing yourself, I'm not talking about working hard. Though. I'm talking about killing your soul. Pursuing what you are pursuing to the detriment of... You have pursued this thing, and when you wake up, that is what drives you. You don't know God. When you wake up, you don't know God. You sleep with this thing, and you wake up with it. When you wake up, there is no God in your life. Hallelujah. And the soul of the, another man is not your concern. Some of us have convinced ourselves that at least you are doing good to help him. But that good that you are doing, though, it will not save the person. You know what to save the man. Uh, you know what is for salvation? Doctrine. Though Michelle is one, but me, I, I do good to everybody. So, so what? That good that you are doing is not how men are saved. Men are saved by the knowledge of doctrine. I call it the principle of Philip. We talk about that. You're just trying to find an excuse eh, that <laughs> you are about, but you are not about anything. We are really not. Let's find some, the thing, what God is doing, just be part of it. But we are not really about anything. We are not really about anything. Like, what's not supposed And that's one of the problems I had with um, Akito. He said, I'll sit at the office. Zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom in. Draw line, draw line. Like, like those, like, you see, somebody come, hey, we're in there designing years ago. <laughs> Nothing. Because, yes, it's not that it's a bad thing. You understand? But my eye, my eye tear. And I've seen that, look. This thing that you would you would fail to enlist in God's company because you are pursuing this thing. 25 years from now, they will break it down and build a better thing in its place. They'll break it down. And your glory is in it. Sounds like this is where your glory is. <laughs> your glory is in it. You have people that will like it and so, wow, hey, an architect, wow, wow. Somebody was trying to tell me, why did I stop my work as an architect? I said, because it was not going to afford me the time to pastor a church. Please, I'm not telling you that stop your work. You got to understand that. Because in all of this, there, is, there are differences. But for one thing is for sure, that you cannot care about your career more than the souls of men. That's all that I'm saying. So I said, the person, no, he wants to say, no, but you could have stayed as And I realized that the person feels like I've left something very prestigious. And I've taken what? What have I taken? What I've taken? What, what have I taken? Yes, so I've left something prestigious. So what I've taken, what is it? It's like, what is it? I tell you, this is the most prestigious. I, maybe you may not think so. But this is how I feel about what I, what I do. 
So I don't even feel like I've sacrificed them. I don't. Because I'm sure it, I, I, I would have died. Look, you know, I'll be asking myself what the point is. And that's how people commit suicide. When you chase the world and you discover that there's nothing in the world and you are not aware that there's something in God, you, you kill yourself. You kill yourself. Hallelujah. There is work for you. That work is in God's company and all of us must be inside. If you don't want to be inside, go. Go and do Eh? Go and do what? <laughs> See, something said, because of where I have been, I have a very good appreciation of it. Like, one thing that when I watch, I just look at the boys sitting there and say, God, what do they have? What do they have? Like, National Science and Math Quiz. I know, I know, I know that what they are doing is impressive to people, but not to me. Not to me. Not that they shouldn't know what they know. Do you understand that? But the way they are hailing, we should hail you, but we should hail you in your place. Do you understand that? Nobody hails the watchman of the house above the boss of the house. Watchman may say, oh, watchman, watchman. Say, on Sunday, here. On Sunday, here. It's here in here. Meanwhile, the boss of the house, on Obama, so watchman in its place. Yes, and I say, what you do well with your work. It's okay. Because there's a boss of the house. But we, we don't hail that one. Sometimes I, was, I think I shared it with you. I was, I was discussing with Mamadi how those that are called to come back to school, to come and talk. Like maybe they are doing a program, they invite alumni. Chief executive of this and this and that. Chief and um, this and this and this and this and this. And I, I look at this and say, oh. at times they should just invite people that became correct. Like they, they became correct human beings in the society. They may not be chief executive of um, A and B. No. Because these people that you have a peek into their souls. Have a peek into their souls. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, what are you doing with your life? Colossians 4.14. Look, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. So this Luke guy is a physician. Wow. But he is with Paul for the sake of the ministry. What do you think? Wow. Look, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. So Demas is also with Paul. Amen. Wow. Philemon, 124. Philemon, 124. Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow, what? Libres. One name is inside all of them. The first one, Demas greets you. Demas is with me now. We are doing ministry. He, he said, oh, so Paul is right. Oh, send my greetings to them. So shout out. From Demas. <laughs> then this one too. Fellow Lebra Demas. Wow. 
You know I'm going with the next verse. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. For Demas had forsaken me. <laughs> Having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Dionysia. This Demas guy has loved the present world. And so he has departed and has gone into Thessalonica. And so he said, Charlie, you may be a prayer with Thessalonica. So he has left. The argument is not that, oh, don't leave and go and work. The argument is that you have left the work of the ministry. You have abandoned the work of souls to go and attach yourself to a work that has not even a close value to the work that you're doing. If where you were, you could find a work to do so that you could continue in the ministry with Paul. It would have been fine, isn't it? But now you, because now in taking this step, you have sacrificed the work of the ministry, the work of souls, in order to go and chase what? Dimas. Hallelujah. Dimas. Now this is an example of somebody who does not understand. And you see, you can be sitting there, you are Dimas. So I said, oh, shout out from, well, oh, shout out, you may mean, oh. Oh, he said, I saw a photograph. And I looked inside. Now I was happy as I looked then outside. Because I saw some people inside that have moved on. And I was like, oh. Hallelujah. So this Dimas guy, had the opportunity to affect souls. But he decided to leave for Thessalonica. And Paul explained it, that he has, he has loved, not this world, because Paul is trying to draw a line and show you that you should be loving something. He said, he has loved this present world. So there is a world after that you should love. You shouldn't love this present world. There should be a world that you are loving, not this present world. Say, so he has loved this present world. Hallelujah. There's nothing that you are doing that is more important than guiding the souls of men to the Lord. And God has made it such that whatever you are doing, if you place it in its right place, you can now place as your priority the souls of men. But our problem is that we have failed to place what we are doing in the right place. We have made what we are doing our eternal pursuit. And because of that, there is no space for the job of jobs. There's no, there's no space for the greatest of all works to touch a soul. In this world, the closest that you come to in molding a soul that everybody has a chance to do is in raising children. And you see the same thing play out in, in, in our lives. 
that we care so much about following things than a soul. You know, you know the worth of a soul. We care more about things so that we leave souls that have come through our unions. We leave those souls to be left uncatered for. And it is because you two have a career. Because I'm a career woman. I'm a career man. I'm a I'm a driven, I'm an ambitious, no problem. So where are you going with it? Where are you going with it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Look for a job with God. Don't just look for a job in this world. Look for a career with God. Don't just look for a career in this world. You will do some good with your career in this world. But that good will not match up to the good that you will do with your career in God. And God has not made you such that you must destroy what you could do in God because you are following a career in the world. What God is asking of you is that your career in the world is of a certain level of importance. Put it there. Don't let it go beyond its boundary. Don't let it ascend to an unreasonable height of importance because it is not that important in the grand scheme of things. So if you place your career where it needs to be, you will still work hard. You will do the work that you are doing. But what will supervise even your career will be that which you are doing in God. Directly being involved in what God is after all this while. God is not after the next genetically modified orange. So if this is what you have come up with as your life's work, you have done well. No, think, think about it. Like this is what you have produced. In the same was saying about how some, someone came to say, what are they doing with their lives? What are you doing with your life? And the person apparently seemed to have like one interest at heart, but it's a misunderstanding of how things work. We should be asking you what you are doing with your life. Because we have observed here, we see that you have made to be the greatest that which is least in God's universe. And what is greatest? you have not paid attention to. And it is because you love this present world. One of the things that fascinates me in the world of academia is papers. Writing of papers. So, wow, powerful. I mean, you have brought up something, isn't it? So you, you publish a paper and it's reviewed powerful. You have contributed something, isn't it? 
even though for many people it, it's stuck on the paper. But you say you have continued. But how, how can you celebrate this so that there is no space for you to contribute to the soul of a man? In John chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus met Philip. And Philip went and spoke to Nathaniel that he has found Jesus. And Nathaniel said that can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip told Nathaniel that come and see. Hallelujah. Come and see. And that becomes the work that we do. This is the work that is committed to us to introduce men to God. There is a place that we cannot go beyond. There's a place that we can help men to get to. The same Philip, the Bible said that when Jesus preached to the multitude and they were hungry, Jesus turned to Philip concerning bread that the people may eat. Philip. Hallelujah. The one that goes for bread. The same Philip is the one that asks Jesus, show us the Father and the suffice it us. I'm trying to show you a principle. And that principle is key. And the final part you will understand in the book of Acts. The Bible says that an angel spoke to Philip that he should go in the way of Jerusalem going towards Gaza, which is desert. And as he was going, he saw an Ethiopian eunuch reading. And the Spirit of the Lord told him that join this chariot. Hallelujah. Join this chariot. So he got close and asked him if he understands what he's reading. Because he was reading from Isaiah. Understand thou what thou readest. Verse 31. And he said, how can I accept some man should what? Guide me. Remember, Philip is the one that brought Nathaniel into the picture. But an interesting thing about Nathaniel, and it still runs through all of these people, an interesting thing about Nathaniel is that when Jesus uh, met Nathaniel, he said, an, an Hebrew of Hebrews, or a Jew of Jews, an Hebrew of Hebrews. And Nathaniel said, hey, let's, let's read that scripture. I want to show you something there. Nathaniel was surprised, okay? And Jesus said that, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. Hallelujah. I saw you when you were under the fig tree. And we know that in, in, in the scriptures, you see these three, three trees, the fig, the vine, and then the, what, the olive. The olive speaks of the highest, which is spiritual good or love. The vine speaks of the intermediate from which we get the wine, which is what? Truth. Hallelujah. And then the fig is works. It's a, a life that turns away from what is evil 
to what is good. Now, this Nathaniel guy, Jesus said he saw him under the fig tree. And you must pay attention to it because this is where our work comes in. This is where our work comes in. Any man who is searching after God and in, on some level, according to the remnant, you know of the remnant, how that every man that is born, God stores in him a remnant of that which is good in the way that he is brought up in this world. So that when God is trying to lead the man on, on a spiritual journey, God begins to call on that remnant. Now that remnant is a sense of what is right and what is wrong. Please you understand that? A sense of what good is. It's, it's not much, but it's something for the person to begin his journey with. Hallelujah. And Jesus told that when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And those people that are trying to make their journey towards God, Jesus sees them. Hallelujah. But it takes one who is called Philip to come and say, come and see. Please, you understand that? And that is the teacher of doctrine. That is the bringer of truth. Hallelujah. And in, with the life of the, uh, with, with the Ethiopian eunuch, the same thing. This man is already trying to look for God. Sometimes you don't know who you must preach to. It is because you are not discerning. And here, it helps us to see the kind of life. See, because we don't give ourselves for the job of all jobs, we don't know the rudiments of the job. So we just say, oh, we must preach to somebody. Who is there to preach there? We we'll find somebody. Every job has training. Hallelujah. There's job specification. How things work in a legal way. And these things we must learn. The Ethiopian, you know, is studying um, um, the book of uh, Isaiah. He's looking for God on some level, but he needs a man to guide him. Hallelujah. He needs one that will, will explain to him. So the, the, he, um, Philip was told that he should join himself to this child. So he went into the child and began from there. From where the man was reading, he began to explain to things to him concerning Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the man was convinced. And they got to a place where there was water. He said, does anything stop me from being baptized? He said, no. Nothing stops you. So now they get down. Philip baptizes him. And the Bible said, the spirit of God caught Philip away. And he was not seen anymore. And that's the principle. Our work is to bring men to the place where they meet God. And that is the baptism. From there, it is between God and those men. Men have not no idea how they, they see God. They are those that they are being awakened within. They are, they are those that feel their need for God. But they have no idea as to how they may find God. There are those that have been misled by other people and because of that, they are not really finding God. They have been caught up in some religious um, um, quarters, but they are still not finding God. Your work is to bring them into contact with God. Hallelujah. In, from that point, you cannot do much. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, the person gets to know God and you don't talk to the person again. No, I'm talking about Taking an aspect, you see, our regeneration is a process, isn't it? So there is a place where a person needs doctrine. And in that place, you must teach doctrine and help the person to come to the place where he overcomes. And that is the place of baptism. When the person overcomes, the person ascends. The person now 
enters the realm of perception, where the person, uh, the person no longer needs teaching from the external concerning that very thing. The person now, through the Spirit of God, perceives the truth as it is. The truth that you needed to teach in doctrine, the person can now perceive it from the Spirit that this is true. Please understand that. Now, you can begin something else with a person. And everybody, according to where they are, that they need to be taught to ascend. Please, you understand that? So in, there, there's work to do. Even on one person, there's a lot of work to do. But the idea is that just like you take the subject of RME, you bring the person through and the person graduates. But there is science. There is pre-tech. Do they still do pre-tech? There's all those things. And then you take the person through it. Please, are you here? Now, that becomes our work. That becomes our work. And that is what Philip here is representing. And there are men that the Lord will also prompt you and tell you that join yourself to this chariot because this chariot is ready. There are men that the Lord will lead you to, to lead them on the path of discovery. But when you are caught up in some career that has become your primary pursuit in this life, so that there is no space, you, you, don't, you will not recognize these things. So what you do is that from time to time, you share something small and you move on. From time to time, you share something small because that is not your pursuit. If this, the source of men is your pursuit, then automatically you learn to view men like Paul said, from henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Your, your, your understanding and appreciation of men itself changes. You do not know men according to their earthly status. You do not know men according to what they possess in the flesh. You do not know men according to how they look. That, that all these things begin to change. And you begin to look at men according to the posture of their souls. You begin to think and consider and care about men not according to their external selves, but according to the condition of their souls. These are things that you will be able to do if you allow yourself. If you are not buried, if you have not buried yourself in pursuing things that have no eternal value, there will be space in your mind to consider men in this, in this way. It is not a strange thing. It is not something that you must become something strange in order to be able to do. You just have to let go of the world. Hallelujah. You just have to let go of the world. You have to let go of the, if you let go of the world and the things that are in the world, if you place in the right position your career and appreciate how important what God is trying to do is, which is to affect the souls of men, to guide the souls of men home. If you will appreciate this, then your vision of life changes. The way you understand life changes. The way you see men changes. Everything changes for you. What you care about concerning men changes. You will still care about the material welfare of men, but you put it in its rightful place. Some of us care about the material welfare of men to the point that we have never considered the spiritual state of those men before. So there are people that you say you care for, but what you have actually cared for concerning those people, all this one, and have been worried about concerning those people, all this one, is their material state. 
You say you care for them. But this is what you have cared for all this while. It means you love the world. If you care for them, then you should place in its rightful place their material welfare, which is low there. Their spiritual welfare, their spiritual condition, the condition of their souls is the of, of utmost importance. And anybody that can care for the material welfare of a person without caring for the spiritual welfare of that person is not Christian. Some of us easily jump up when we must provide material help. We stand on our feet when we must do something that seems to be of material significance. But we have low energy when it comes to things of spiritual significance. Your career is not going anywhere. If you didn't know, I'm telling you. It will go somewhere in this life, but it will not go anywhere from here. And that's just some few years. About 40 years maximum. You are done. But there's a career. That's why I said we are talking about a career in God, developing a career in God. And it is for all of us. Hey, what do I do? That's why it's developing a career. Do your career that what, what kind of energy do you put to it? To know how it works, uh, what to do, what not to do. So you don't sit there as though a career in God is not that important. So in your limited self, you can know what to do immediately. It's something you search into because you appreciate the value of it. I said your career in this world is not going anywhere. You didn't know. I've come to tell you. Your dream career is not going anywhere. You'll be something. So, everybody who was ever something in years past is dead. I like to read and listen to history things on such people. Everybody is dead. They are dead. But we don't learn. Your career is not going anywhere. Your career is not is important too, but it's not that important. There's something more important than your career. So your career must be approached in moderation. Moderation. Remember, I explained to you moderation and what it is. In moderation. So they say we should not work hard anymore. You're a devil. Yeah, because it is the devil in you speaking now, which is trying to debunk the word of God by making me a villain. So that then, if you set outside the word of God, you can do so with a clear conscience. Put things in the right place. You will have time to pursue your career. You would. But you will not be dead. You'll be alive. Demas has forsaken me. 
demands who was giving shout out has forsaken me because he has loved this present world. Hallelujah. There are people that have respect for your careers as though that is the greatest thing in life. Don't listen to them. Don't give yourself to them. Some of you, they dictate your life. They suggest you because they are suggesting things to you, putting things into your mind. But anyway, you and and you, if you start pursuing something, that is it's not that you shouldn't even pursue, but it's not time to pursue. It's, it's not the right moment. It's not you, you could wait and be, but they put things, agenda upon agenda, into your mind. But you ask yourself, where are you going with this? Some of you have people at your workplaces, they talk to you. And Christians of today are not ambitious. And who even said ambition is a good thing? What I know is that in those days, people feared ambitious people. If you have a group of people, one of them is ambitious, you, you stay away from that person or you keep an eye on that person. But you know that the person will sell you for 30 pieces of silver. Some people feel fulfilled when they have careers. No problem. But don't take that fulfillment as though it is the greatest fulfillment of all. It's a, it's a low-level fulfillment that even all spiritual people can have. You feel good about yourself that you are up to something. But there is a greater fulfillment that is found in contributing to the souls of men. Because you know that what you are contributing is of eternal value. It's of eternal value. It's of eternal value. Of eternal value. 